comic book pit. Okay. is Comic Book Pit, episode, uh, I believe we're at 302. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're back. Um, we take a little time off because yours truly was under the weather. I was <laughs> sick for a couple weeks, and um, but we're back. I think we're, we're good to go on a regular schedule again. And uh, by the way, uh, I am Dan. And I'm Link. There's Link on the couch. He's... he's He's earned his earned his yeah. seat. Yeah, I have the couch now. <laughs> He's got the couch. It's, it's it only like, took everybody else not being just here. not being here. Link wins by default. It's like it's like little league when the other team doesn't show up. Yeah, like or there's not enough players. Yeah. <laughs> and Link's like, I win, <laughs> I win. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, if uh, if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. This is uh, our comic review episode. We usually uh, trade-off between uh, comic reviews and uh, just general conversation, um, talking about whatever, um, you know, TV, movies, uh, pop culture, um, generally, you know, anything that's comic-related. Yeah. Um, but without the comic books. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything on the periphery. So, uh, again, this is our, our comic review episode. And um, I think we were talking on the way here. We've got... Like a crazy amount of stuff to. I mean, I, I don't think we're yeah. going to get to it all tonight. All fifty. Yeah. But, yeah. This is going to be a three-hour-long show. <laughs> so strap in. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's well, we did talk a little bit last episode. Uh, or yeah, three three oh one. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, we filled in that gap a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But then I mean, it's, it's like, but yeah, it's still. But they yeah. they keep putting these. Comics they keep out. coming, yeah. They don't it's, give us a break. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> weekly comics. Who came up with that one? I know it's crazy. <laughs> I, I I I can't take it anymore. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like you're like your favorite like band or favorite musical artist where they come out with a new album like once a year. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> and you can you can quietly or you know just relax and absorb like an album. Yeah, or a book. <laughs> that comes out like your favorite author puts out a book like every five years or yeah. something and it's like no comics are every week weekend week out weekend <laughs> it's like sometimes it's a little much yep I mean, as much as i love comics sometimes oh, yeah. it's just a little much you know it's sometimes it's hard to keep up with yeah certainly but but i think we're doing okay yeah we're you know hanging in there hanging in there we're, we're, we're doing it for you that's right <laughs> Our our listeners. This is a sacrifice for us, you know. <laughs> this is the hardest thing we've ever done. Um. So, uh, well, I think uh, even though this came out, uh, the first issue came out a while ago. Um, 
I kind of wanted to talk about um, the wrong Earth. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, which I forget. I'm sorry. Did you say you did read it or didn't I, read it? I didn't. Um, one of my okay. friends that I talked to, um, he read it, and I've been seeing it like every you know couple months. He's like, "This is what I got." I was like, "That looks awesome. I should get that when it comes mm-hmm. out in trade or whatever." But yeah, yeah. But the premise is what. Um, okay, so it's well, it, um, first it's a it's a independent company called Ahoy Comics. Mm-hmm. I think they're fairly new. Maybe they they probably started last year because. Um, the Wrong Earth is currently on issue five, mm-hmm. which means if it's on a monthly schedule, it came out five months ago, which would have been 2018. Um, I can do math, <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, but it's it's um, a couple of uh, industry vets are doing it. I think uh, Tom Payer mm-hmm. is writing it, and Jamal Eigel yeah. is doing the art, and uh, writing and art are spectacular. Um, so I think the easiest way I can explain it is: imagine if Batman from the Batman 66 universe, Mm -hmm. like the brightly colored Bam Biff Powell universe, and the Batman from the Dark Knight Returns universe uh, swap places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're in each other's worlds. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And it it really is just, the first issue was just fun. And... And to see, you know, how each reacts. Well, you know, how, how each started in their own worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, because when the book opens, um, well, the, so there's, there's uh, the, the character's called um, Dragonfly. Okay. So in the, we'll, we'll, we'll just call it the, the Batman 66 universe. Yeah. He's Dragonfly Man. And his, he's got a teen partner called Stinger. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's it, you know, and his um, and he's got a he's got like a Joker mm-hmm. nemesis, and um, you know, and he's you know, they're in some, they're trapped in some convoluted, overthought, yeah, like a death trap, yeah. you know, which they escape escape from and whatever, and they're having this like rollicking fisticuffs, you know, they're <laughs> fighting. He's got like a couple of goons, yeah, and then it cuts to. The gritty, dark and gritty universe, like the the we'll call it like the Frank Miller universe, yeah. um, where Dragonfly Man is just Dragonfly, mm-hmm. and his costume's a little different. He it's a little more like armored, and he's and he's fighting these uh, guy like this gang of um, I don't know what they are if they're if it's just a gang, but like they've all got baseball bats and they're all wearing like. <laughs> Like vests and they're wearing like masks with like zippers on their mouth. Like they they look like okay. this crazy like a bunch of roided up like S and M yeah you know, yeah guys and um they're like beating the dragonfly with with like <laughs> baseball bats yeah like just beating the shit out of him you know but he's fighting back and then like he pulls like this mini flamethrower out of his glove and he's like <laughs> <laughs> like he's, lights them all up he's literally burning these guys alive. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so, so right there is the two. Yeah. You know, you, you've got your two contrasting crime fighting styles. Mm-hmm. And in <laughs> the um, in the '66 universe, Dragonfly Man is revered. He's yeah. a, He's a he's a city hero, and the cops love him. <laughs> like the cops, like they're like pinning medals on his chest yeah. every other week. In the Frank Miller universe, uh, drag uh, that Dragonfly. 
like the cops are crooked. Okay. It's it, I mean it really is like a Frank Miller esque. Yeah. Like the and the cops are are after Dragonfly just as much as like the criminals are. Mm-hmm. Like he can't like he doesn't trust the cops. The cops the, the cops are on the take or they're crooked or whatever. Um, but there's this incident where it causes the two to swap places, and that's kind of where the book yeah. comes off. Um, but I had heard about this book um, a couple of months ago on this other show that I listened to, and I they review it periodically whenever a new issue comes out. It just sounds like a really – it's just good. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it sounds like an like for, for a um – an indie, like a super indie title, since yeah. it's it's you know images indie, but yeah, this right. is something uh, a different label. Um, it sounds super promising and awesome. Like it's mm-hmm. not something I would normally see on like a shelf either, because I think even at Phantom, I think they still they just special order it. They they probably have to, because I mean, again, I had never. Um, I mean, the creators obviously. Like, yeah, they're I've they're big of, names. Yeah, they're yeah they're like I said, they're industry veterans, but. Um, I think the Wrong Earth. I think is the first book to kick off this new impact. Oh, okay. So that's probably why it's new to a lot of people mm-hmm. because it's just um, it like they're just starting their company. Yeah, and I, I think it, there are you know in-house ads. Uh, in the book itself, like there are other books that they've they've mm-hmm. got in the works, but this is kind of their their big like they're their, launching yeah, yeah. they're they're launching their uh, line with the wrong earth. Um, I I only got the first issue because again this is it was for as good as it sounded it was still an unproven yeah, quant- yeah. you know quantity. But um, after reading the first issue, I'm definitely going back and getting the rest, and I would. I think again. I think it's only like a five issue series. Um, yeah. See, I didn't know it was a limited thing, but yeah. mean, that makes sense. I yeah, because I, I feel like after a while, you probably it would probably the, the premise would probably get old. Like I feel yeah. like it has to be resolved mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I guess I mean, it, depending on how well it does, I'm sure they could. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're making it again. a superhero universe, you can two superhero universes. You can yeah. do whatever with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and and finish the series. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would I would recommend it to anybody. I mean, it, it's something you can just jump in mm-hmm. if you've got a passing familiarity with. Um, even if you're not like a huge Batman fan, but if you understand the differences between the aesthetics between the Batman '66 universe, yeah, and say like the Dark Knight Returns universe or anything. Yeah, yeah. If you, Batman, uh, yeah. Batman that Frank Miller has written. Yeah, well, even or, even from or, movies, if you you know if you understand the difference between Adam West and the, the Nolan movies, yeah. then yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where it's it, it's it, it's pop, like this brightly like this pop culture, bright pop culture, uh, as opposed to this like down and dirty like crime book. Yeah, basically. Um, but no, I like I said, truly enjoyed it. I'm going to go back for more. So. Again, it's, it's called The Wrong Earth, and it's from Ahoy Comics. And uh, you could probably ask – you might be able to ask your retailer for it. I don't know if they can order it. If not, it's definitely on Comixology. Um, all five issues yeah. are on there. So, you know, either way, you know, pick it up. So Awesome. 
you got you got a stack of yeah, stuff I got there. Some stuff. You know what? I'm gonna talk about this first. Um, so I read uh, Cloak, Cloak and Dagger: Shades of Grey um, oh, okay. by uh, Dennis Hopeless and a lot of artists' names that I'm gonna butcher. <laughs> uh, David Messini and uh, Francesco Mana. Mana. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's one of those digital things like, uh, like Jessica Jones was. Oh, okay. And, uh, it, I'm, I've always been interested in Cloak and Dagger, like the, you know, the visuals of them and just, they stood out to me as a kid. I was like, they're cool. This dude swoops down with a big sweet cloak and this, (laughs) this chick jumps out of it and throws light daggers at people and then they disappear. Like, I don't know. It was really neat. Um, and I've, you know, I have a passing familiarity with them and other things. Uh, I know Nick Spencer did a, a mini series and they kind of just pop up every couple years as like a thing. And I always try to give them a chance yeah. to see if they do anything with it. And they're usually good stories, but they don't really have ongoings. Uh, I want to say this is the first ongoing they've had in like, I don't know. I'm just gonna say 20 years. I was gonna say 20 years maybe. It's yeah. <laughs> like. Um, but the premise is interesting. Uh, basically, it starts off with them. Uh, well, I guess at some point they, they well, they are they were lovers at some point. Like that's. Oh really? Yeah, that's that's the response I've got from somebody else, and I was like, <laughs> in my mind, that they they always had like a, a romantic relationship at some point. Um. So again, like not having pre- pretty much like the same. Yeah you know, passing familiarity as you probably do. Like to me, they were always just, I always got like a brother sister vibe from, yeah. Them, you know? Yeah. Well, see, it might just be for me. I like fan art and stuff where I see people like shipping them together, mm-hmm. doing like, you know, romantic poses and stuff with like oh, the contrast yeah. of colors and things. I'm like, Oh yeah, that, you know, mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, uh, so either I mean whether that's continuity or not, they they are in a were in a romantic relationship, but now they're split up, um, and so they're not, um, they're they're just not working as a team anymore or anything. And uh, Dagger's off doing her own thing as like a, um, a bounty hunter for the police slash private investigator. It's kind of hard to get a read on exactly what she is, but she's <laughs> working with the police, okay, um, helping them catch bad guys. Uh, and Cloak is a uh, bodyguard for a musician. Uh, he kind of, you know, he can teleport them away from group, you know, all the groupies and fans oh, okay. and stuff. Uh, and there's like this whole um, backstory to some mysterious individual from their past who's named Gray because black and white. <laughs> and yeah, it's as goofy as it sounds. Um who I guess was uh, somebody that they knew when they were growing up, when they were on the streets, and uh, some terrible event occurred in the past involving this guy, and he's back for revenge. Um, and so there's all this stuff going on in the book. It's very disjointed. Like, it was hard for me to get a read on what was happening during it sometimes. Just be- and I think that's intentional. It wasn't, like, bad storytelling. It yeah. was just um, there's – Dagger's got some weird repressed memories going on. Uh, Cloak kind of does too. Uh, he's busy being consumed by like the dark force or whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing that like da- Dagger has to you know feed him her light because it's a big you know metaphor oh, yeah. for drug addiction or whatever. <laughs> um, 
and so there's a lot of that going on. So like, Cloak's not really in the right mindset either throughout this. Like, it's all over the place. Um, but I guess I guess the ultimate like I would if I'll put it this way: if I was getting this book single issue, I totally would have dropped it by the second issue. But because I got the trade and like read the whole thing, I uh, okay. I liked it more. I was like, <laughs> okay, I get what you're doing, but it it like really took a while to like sell me on what the the goal was and i think it's just a really messy exploration of like codependency and relationships and like all that like messy baggage when you're you're so caught up with like another person in your life and like that's what your whole identity is assumed around okay that it's just yeah and he he's trying to explain like explore how cloak and dagger are when they're separate from each other as their own individuals so it it's a really interesting experiment, I guess is the best way to put it. It's not so much – there's not a lot of superheroing going on in here. It's a very – just a messy relationship book. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever known them apart from each other. Yeah, I, I don't think it happens – I mean, ever, cause maybe short of, you know, right before they got their powers. Yeah. When they had, you know, their own individual lives. Um, because, yeah, without, without uh, Dagger Cloak is, uh, you know – going to become like a i don't know like a a a life force vampire or something like that is how they kind (laughs) of explained it like he you know feeds off people's inner light yeah comic Hmm. books Uh, (laughs) so yeah it's it's just interesting uh and then uh there's messiness with dagger trying to move on with a a new relationship but still having to have cloak in her life because of their connection Mm. um so yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. That's 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 all I can really say about it. Is that it? I, I'll check out the second book. Okay. Uh, they solicited that Mister Negative is going to be in it, and I was kind of interested in that. Once again, a black and white character. Cause, <laughs> but uh, he also kind of has connections to like the dark force, I guess, because he inverts people's like inner selves so that they become evil or good versions of themselves depending on oh, okay. him touching them or doing whatever his you know thing is so i'm kind of wondering if they're working towards like some expanded marvel version of like the green or the red where there's like oh. this dark force universe <clears throat> type thing I, could I don't know it, it yeah i mean it's interesting um but yeah i'll give it an, i'll give it another shot it's, it's worth checking out um it is available digitally uh if you get it digitally, you might have to stick in there for a little bit just to get it. <laughs> I think the first issue is on Marvel Unlimited. Okay. Because I may have started to read it one night when I was lying, lying in bed because I, I remember thinking, oh, this – I remember seeing it in Comixology but, I, but not yeah. buying it. And then I remember thinking, oh – I might like to try that out because I enjoy the Jessica Jones digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. I was like, if Jessica Jones is like the, you know, yeah, top tier, the top tier. But then, you, then you talked about Luke Cage, and I was like, uh oh, because I had the, I had this coming, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> well, you know, and Cloak and Dagger is one of those sets of characters that, um, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Like I've just a passing familiarity with. But always felt drawn to that. That's exactly where I'm at. Like, like there, there's something about those characters that seems very interesting. Yeah, and I, I think 
before, maybe it was when the show was announced or when the show started airing, I actually tried reading some old Cloak and mm-hmm. Dagger on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it was, like, early to mid-'80s, like, just not good. <laughs> uh, the art was pretty decent because I think it was just, like, some classic, like, 80s artists, and I think Rick Leonardi was one of them, and he's really good. Mm-hmm. But um, that's probably – I think the original miniseries is probably not the best – uh, representation yeah. of them, uh, maybe in their because they had an ongoing series at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't. I forget how long it went, but maybe that was a better. Yeah, probably. You know, because they maybe gave them more room to expand as characters and to. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I uh, in terms of when I started reading comics and what I could catch, I think there was like. A, they tied them into some X-Men event, and they tried to suggest that they were somehow mutants. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I, okay, sure, why not? Yeah, wasn't was, – wasn't Dag- was Dagger on the t- a team at one point? Yeah, I think, like, for, like, a minute they, they, they had her on one of the X-Men teams. Yeah. Um, because they could, I guess. Uh, I think it was, like, around the time that they were all living on that island, like, ten years ago or whatever. Yeah, that sounds – like they were on like meteor right. or asteroid X or whatever. <laughs> um, and then Nick Spencer did a book with them. That was really good. Uh, I, but I honestly can't tell you what happened in it beyond the way it ended. Uh, and he just kind of, he switched their powers at the very end of the book and then it ended and it was, oh, okay. it was kind of intended to like somebody was going to pick it up or maybe he was hoping to get an ongoing. It was before he, you know, got captain America and, became a bigger you know name at marvel um but i thought that was cool too i was like oh that's interesting because now dagger had to deal with the 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 hunger and all that stuff um but then apparently that didn't matter because they're back to normal (laughs) (laughs) but yeah okay all right um Oh, so I, uh, sorry, I've lost my train of thought here. Oh, I, um, I read, uh, another first issue, uh, actually, I feel like everything is first issues now. <laughs> yeah, there's no shortage of that. It's just, everything is, uh, is new. Um, Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number one, from dynamite and i didn't realize this was written by kieran gillen oh i okay. kind of forgot about that and the art is by uh casper uh, i'm gonna say wingard although it's pr- there's like a j in there and a and two <laughs> two a's next to each other and okay i feel like it's like a piece of ikea furniture yeah and yeah yeah um and it's got this great uh uh sean phillips cover which is so a lot of it you know a lot of things attracted me to this i had and i've heard of like this character before peter cannon thunderbolt not sure why he calls himself thunderbolt because he he doesn't have any particular powers okay uh the character is actually did a little bit of of uh 
research, a little digging. So he, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, um, originated in the mid '60s. Mm-hmm. He was a, uh, I think, a Charlton oh, okay. character, and and eventually, um, you know, the Charlton characters were bought by DC, and it's I, I, I think this character is what um, Alan Moore based the character of Ozymandias on. Oh, all right. In Watchmen. And so, um, Peter Cannon has kind of almost like a, um, almost like kind of a Danny Rand origin where he, he's the, he's an orphan. Um, his parents were, um, were killed. I guess they were doctors. They were trying to combat some sort of plague in, in, uh, somewhere in like the Himalayans or something. And so he was, um, raised by monks or something in some, you know, Himalayan monastery. And he attained the highest degree of mental and physical perfection. And it was entrusted with the knowledge of the ancient scrolls that bore the secret writings of past generations of wise men. All right. From them, he learned concentration, mind over matter, the art of activating, and whatever that is, the art of activating. <laughs> Just activate. It sounds like some sort of like <laughs> self-help guru yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Um, and harnessing the unused portions of his brain that made seemingly fantastic feats possible. And then he returned to America with his uh, faithful and prob- probably racist friend, Taboo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> became Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. And... Um, so he, you know, he's been around for a while. He's like I would every so often would see see him in his own DC comic. Like they would just reboot him every so often. Okay, and yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know when. Um, I don't know when Dynamite got him. Yeah, I was just wondering that if, if DC got those characters, then. But there's like, eh, this one we didn't turn into a Watchman. You can uh, well. But if he's based on Ozzy, or Ozymandias is based on him, I don't know. Yeah, it's and, and and reading this issue, it's funny because um, I read this not knowing really anything about the character. Looked all this up after the fact. Oh, okay. And but in reading this, there was a lot of this where I was like, "Man, this really feels like I'm reading Watchmen Light." Yeah. In a, in kind of a yeah. good way. Um. So in, in this first issue, he um, it, it drops you right in the middle of like of the action. There's um, like the Earth is being invaded by aliens. Okay, yeah. And there's this multinational team of heroes, um, led seemingly reluctantly, I don't know why, by Peter Cannon, and he's kind of directing them. From his house. You Wait, know, his house? Well, or, or like he—he's—I mean, he—he's watching everything unfold. Like, oh, okay. You know, it's not like he's sitting in his easy chair. That's <laughs> like, like he's just watching, watching the game, like watching Netflix or something. <laughs> no, he's—he's he's watching, but he—he he, he doesn't actually get into the thick. I gotcha. Of, yeah. Thick of the action himself. Okay. He's 
he's directing all these um, heroes. He's like, you know, oh, um, hit that ship here. It's that's its weak point. Oh, or, I gotcha. Yeah, or, you know the. It, 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 the aliens are a hive mind. Like he figures things yeah. out, and he's like, so in in short order, they and they're able to um, repel, like stop and repel the alien invasion, which um, brings like these nations together in, mm-hmm. in unity, and which was very Watchmen like. Yeah. And towards the end, um, you know, he's conferring with his his uh, friend Taboo. And it's it's not spelled T A B O O like yeah that's taboo yeah it's like T A B U T A B U and um, he basically you know he, he's trying to figure out you know he's like that the, the alien invasion was actually just a precursor like people think that the alien invasion was like oh my god it's an alien invasion yeah he's like no that was just a way to get all these people together and you know he's he's basically laying out this entire like the plan and his friends like, well, who would do such a thing? And he's like, well, I would, but he said, but it wasn't me. And, and, and he, <laughs> no. he, he's like, this is, he, he's like, I, I grant granted, this is something that sounds like I would do, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I might, but I, I wouldn't. And then yeah. you come to find out that there is another, there's an alternate, there's like a, another Peter cannon on like an alternate earth. Okay. Who, is like, yeah, uh, like messing with our our reality. Mm-hmm. So, huh? So it's going to be the battle of the thunderbolts. Yeah, I don't know. But um, no, the the, the first issue was it was like I said, it, it was fun just being dropped right in the middle. Yeah, of this and not actually it, really at first. I I I had to reread this like two or three times just because <laughs> there's there's very little preamble yeah uh actually there's no preamble it's like you're just dropped right in and you have to figure things out which sometimes i appreciate like i miss you know just reading something and trying to figure out and not like having your hand held yeah throughout the entire reading experience um and it it, you know and it was kind of cool to you know every so often like I guess you never know how it's gonna how it's gonna go when some creator or some company resurrects yeah a character that was created you know fifty years ago mm-hmm. and because sometimes it's like when they you know they they do it and you're like maybe there was a reason this okay. guy didn't yeah. last that long or you know he was right for his time but not for our time yeah type of thing. Um, I think Kieran Gillen has a pretty good handle. Yeah, no, he's, on, he's a good writer on this. Yeah, so um, yeah, it was it was pretty. It was kind of um, it was fun, but it was kind of dark, mm-hmm. and you're not really sure how to feel about the main character, which I'm sure is not you know was not uh, done by accident. Yeah, you know I'm sure that was done by design. So this is probably one I'll keep up with because it was. Uh, like I said, it was just kind of, kind of a fascinating read. Yeah. So, also gonna talk about this that I bought on Impulse. Uh oh. Um, it's got this really nice slipcase. 
Uh, okay, I was wondering. I couldn't really yeah. see what was going on over there because of the <laughs> camera. I was like, there's some motions going on that I don't know. What's no, it's, we're keeping it PG. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's called Roly Poly, and it is by uh, Daniel Simonas. Um, and once again, it's very much my aesthetic, but it's this cyberpunk uh, book that is all um, very brightly colored. Oh, neat. And uh, just the artwork is I, – I literally um, – somebody posted that I follow on Facebook, uh, them flipping through the pages, and I was like, this looks awesome. Like, it's uh, – the, the plot itself is uh, – really, it's just a lot of nonsense designed to uh, – <laughs> facilitate awesome artwork and fight scenes um but but the gist of it is that this takes place in some sort of like neo south korea um and this girl is super caught up with her her name's uh phantom but like she drinks fanta and so it's spelled like f-a-n-t-a-m oh okay or something like that yeah uh i should mention that the the uh the creator is from Brazil, which is, I guess, why the because I think Fanta is like a big drink in South. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, but anyways, uh, it's uh, his. Uh, she's she's obsessed with this Instagram guy um, who has more followers than her, and so she goes to an arcade to meet up with some sort of like wish granter, uh, like. Uh, fortune teller lady um who will you know grant her a wish if she goes there and her wish is to get more followers and then something goes awry and she has to fight a whole bunch of ninjas and dinosaurs and then it kind of gets psycho you know um very uh dr strangey okay (laughs) it's very like out there and everything starts getting uh, a little psychedelic um but yeah i mean it's a cool book it's it's cool artwork it's a story that just facilitates cool scenes for more cool artwork. So, I mean, it's worth checking out. Who who uh, who published that? Uh, it is published by. I think it might be self-published. I don't know. Let's see. There's not like a. Like I, I wonder if I wonder if they did like a a Kickstarter because a Kickstarter for it or something because it's got a really unique. Yeah. Look and that that slipcover is pretty cool. Yeah, the slipcover is really nice. Um. Yeah, it's it's by Fantagraphics Books. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I, I assume that it is like a Kickstartery kind of self-published thing. Okay. But yeah, it was just a really <clears throat> weird impulse buy. I think it was like twelve dollars on Amazon or something. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure you can. Well, I don't know. That's you not might, a bad price for a hardcover, and it looks like yeah, even like a like like you said, like the art is just yeah. I mean, gorgeous. it's it's really it's. Beautiful colors, the whole thing. I mean, can you hold up the like the slipcover part like that? Yeah, yeah. Let's see, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, and that, yeah, this is basically the color scheme of the book. Like the entire interiors <laughs> is very lots of pinks. Yep, lots of pinks, lots <laughs> of bright uh, yellows and greens, very neon. Um, but yeah, it was just different, especially like the South Korean part because it's mm-hmm. normally like Japan. Yeah, for for cyberpunk stuff. Not that there's like, you know, not that there's like any like huge cultural influence, but it was just a little different feeling, which is kind of cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I feel like, like you said, like Japan is almost like the go-to. Yeah. Uh, you know, for anything that's futuristic and, like you said, cyberpunk. Yeah. And, yeah. Thanks, Akira. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Akira and Blade Runner. Yep. <laughs> Ruining the future for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this one, but I did read Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah, number one okay. from, from Boom Studios. And, oh, crap, I'm, like, totally blanking on the creative team now, but I will, I'll talk and look it up at the same time. Um, Using the power of activating. That's right. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, so this is... This is the reboot. This is um, uh, it's Jordy uh, Jordy Belair is the writer and Dan Mora on art. And um, I remember Dan Mora from I don't know if you ever read any of Grant Morrison's Claws uh, series. Like no, but I'm familiar with it. But yeah, no, it's I, really good. Yeah, it's like better than it has any right to be. Claws <laughs> was like basically Santa Claus Year One. Yeah. Where it was, you know, it was like Santa Claus before he became Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of almost like a, like a warrior, like a barbarian. <laughs> okay, guy. yeah, really good. And like I said, it, you know, one of those books that just had no right being as yeah. good as. And 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 not only that, but he, he made like multiple series of it. That yeah, because and like one I, shots and stuff. Well, I like think that. one recently came out. Yeah. not that long ago. I was like, whoa, whoa. But and, and weirdly, like they never come, really come around around Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big summer hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, well, Dan Moore. I, I, yeah, I, I remember liking the art a lot from from those books, and I don't think I've ever seen Dan Moore on anything else. So when I heard he was doing this, I was kind of excited because I knew it. Well, like at least the art will be good. Yeah, if nothing else. Um, so this is this is just a return of of. Buffy and the Scooby gang to their origins, like back, back to the beginning. I mean, okay. So we're, we're in high school. We're in high school. Um, Buffy's like, she's new. She doesn't know Willow and Xander. Willow and Xander are friends. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Buffy and Giles know each other. Mm -hmm. Buffy's already out there slaying. Um, and in fact, she meets Willow and Xander by saving them outside of like, the fast food joint that she works at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's good. It, it, it's fine. It's, it hits all the Buffy mm-hmm. points. It's, it's like if there was like a Buffy bingo yeah. or a Buffy checklist, like you would pro- or a Buffy drinking game or something like yeah. you would probably be able to write down all the cliches or all the story points or all the, um, whatever. Okay. Um, so I, I'm just not sure like who this book is for. for because cause yeah, cause it's probably, we're... yeah, it's like we, Kate and I read, uh, uh, pretty much all of the dark horse from the, it's, it's actually one of the things that I, how I hooked her into reading comic books. She's a big Buffy fan and I got her the Buffy trades and she loved those and it went from there. But, uh, yeah, we've read all the Dark Horse stuff, and then Boom sort of came... Well, uh, I guess the whole Fox thing came along, and they lost the rights to Buffy, mm-hmm. and they gave it to Boom. 
um, because Boom's partially owned by Disney, or I don't even know. Yeah, anymore. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know all the yeah all the ins and outs, but yeah, there's definitely. But yeah, so now they got Firefly in that, and you know, probably Dollhouse or whatever else at this point. Um, and so they, then they redo the whole thing, and do do I want to go down that? Right, like, See, a lot of. A lot of emotional investment in stories. I was like, okay, cool, I'm I'm here, and then they're like, nah, don't worry about that. We're gonna start <laughs> over, and it's like, I feel like I'm you know a Star Wars fan over here. Or it's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, you guys just got finished watching however many seasons of Lost. We're gonna reboot it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Or, or any any series that had like a huge fan following that was like a punch in the gut for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it was like, hey, we're gonna start over. Yeah, and you're gonna be on board. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. So, so there's like the the fans like you guys mm-hmm. who you're like, we've already gone down that road. We don't want to do it again. Yeah, and we don't want to just rehash the same story. That too. Again. Yeah. If it, yeah, I was going to ask, is it? I mean, is it like adherent to the continuity? I, I, you only read one issue. Or? I only read the first issue. Okay. I I feel like they're taking a lot of elements. Some they're keeping. In their proper perspectives mm-hmm. or proper places, some they're being a little more liberal with. For okay. example, so I think in the series, like the show, yeah. Um, when did Anya show up? It wasn't like she, she was like season she, two or three. I, Kate's gonna punch me, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I think it was the third season. Okay, but she yeah. was not there from the beginning. No, she was not there okay. at the beginning. That's what I thought. Um, she shows up in this in the first. Okay, issue. all right. Um, she she has no interaction with the Scooby Gang. Yeah, she's her own thing. Um, we don't know how she's going to fit in. There is a, a funny scene where she's sitting uh, like, oh, I think she owns like the magic shop. Okay, or, or she works there or whatever. There's at one point she's sitting in the back room watching TV and it's uh, you see uh, Serenity like the ship. Oh yeah, on, on TV like she's watching Firefly. Yeah, I'm like okay, okay. that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so, so just as, as an example of that, like, um, that they're playing kind of maybe a little looser yeah. with it, but so I, but okay, so so maybe they're not going to hook. I, they're probably going to hook in a fair amount of just yeah. fans, hardcore yeah. fans, because there had because no one's had any like Buffy. And like when when did the last Dark Horse series end? Like yeah, two actually, or three years ago? Was it was it? It's like a year ago. Was it that? Soon? Yeah, it wasn't that long okay, ago. Thought, like this okay. is this is really fresh. Okay, like, for some reason jump right into it. Yeah. Okay. So, but even then, like you'll still have like I mean I'm like eh, but there's they'll still like even Kate's interested in checking it out. You know if if right you hear good things, it's yeah. just not you know run out and buy it immediately. It's, right. No, and, and check out a trade paperback. And that's the thing for like almost any. Like if, if you're missing any fandom, yeah. Like uh, Firefly, like, yeah. You know, I uh, remember I talked about mm-hmm. the first issue of Firefly. I was a little on the fence about it, but don't you know I went back and read issues two and yeah. three because yeah. And I actually liked them a little more, but I'm not getting into that now. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, but so okay, so so they're gonna hook some dedicated fans. Mm-hmm. Um. Some like you guys might be on the fence, or, yeah. or and there might be some that are just like, no, I've I've done my time, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to go back. Okay, so there's that group. 
are they? Do they think they're gonna bring in any new? Like off the like yeah, because yeah, there's it, that there's a new Buffy movie or whatever. Yeah, like is, is there anyone about. who's heard of Buffy, but you know, but never I, sat down and read it or watched it? Who thinks, oh, okay, this is how I'm gonna jump in? Yeah, I don't. Like, know. They're uh, not gonna. That's, they're not gonna get any new people with this. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna pretend I know how the kids today think, but. Uh, <laughs> Like, maybe, maybe there'd be people who were like, oh, I don't want to watch that TV series because it's old. I mean, And that they would check out a comic book, maybe. How how old do you think the actors are now that played? You think Sarah Michelle Gellar is like 40? I think she's in her 40s or 50s, yeah. And so they're probably all... Because I think all, they were all like roughly in their 20s when that aired. So, so. They're, so they're all like in their 40s. They're all yeah. parents. They're all... So, yeah, so like... I don't know how you know if things are relatable anymore. Like, yeah, is this is is the property even relatable? Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess it's a matter of how they they update Buffy to fit in modern times. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of those stories from the original high school stuff just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, just because of we. I, I said. Uh, I sat Jen, uh, my wife Jen, yeah. down, uh, about a year ago, and we watched the first episode mm-hmm. for um, for our, uh, my other podcast, the pilot season podcast. Where we only watch the first yeah, episode yeah, yeah. and we talk about it. She had never seen Buffy, mm-hmm. so we sat down and watched the first episode, which I had seen before, mm-hmm. but it had been a long, long enough time, and um, it was really like, what was that ninety six? I, maybe 96 or 97 yeah it was really hard to watch <laughs> um and not for the obvious things like you know the fashion or yeah um but the but one of the pop one of the references was uh or so there's this you know in the first episode buffy's the new kid yeah and uh the popular kids gravitate toward her right away because she's she's cute she's beautiful she's stylish mm-hmm. and so uh the the head the head bitch or whatever Cordelia yeah Cordelia yep. you know was walking down the hallway and, she, and she's almost like uh, quizzing her like oh what do you think of this and you know and um, Cordelia at one point says James Spader and Buffy's <laughs> like he needs to call me yeah like oh my god that's right James Spader was hot at one point <laughs> and like teenage girls were after him yeah and now it's like James Spader is Robert California on the office and <laughs> Or he's the like, or he's on the blacklist and he's got no hair. Yeah, and he's like old and fat. Yeah, you know. So it's just so when so I like I laughed out loud when she's like, ah, he needs to call me. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No. Um. But even the the more I think about it, like every when I because uh, the character of Xander made great strides in his character arcs even mm-hmm. after the TV series. They they you know. Uh, made him a more responsible mature person but like yeah i feel as if like xander would not age well because he kind of fits into that like douchey nerd like fake nice guy category a lot now yeah which i don't think like he he had like tinges of that in the the tv series that they sort of touch on um where he was just kind of like a jerk to anya and like all this other stuff 
because mm-hmm. uh, I think he just wanted to stay at home and play video games or whatever. And then yeah, he, I don't know. I'm st- I'm still like to this yeah. day. I'm still mad that he left her at the altar. Yeah, yeah. That still pisses me off. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, like how many years ago is that? Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, well, see, and, and that's the other thing. So like the the characterizations, but they have to like greatly update book. them. Yeah. Um, Xander is still basically Xander. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not given a lot to work with in this. He's as far as like deep character moments. Granted, yeah. it's only just the first issue, but he's pretty much like the joke a minute yeah. type of character. Um, they and, and then you know he hang, he's hanging out with Willow, mm-hmm. um, who isn't depicted to look as dorky as she did in the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she but she she. There already is hints at her sexuality. Okay. There's already That's like, yeah, good. Because I'd be like, you don't want to like reverse that. Right. Or not reverse it, but be like, oh, we're going to go down this road of her coming right, out again. She, yeah, exactly. Where she dated Oz for yeah. a while. and Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. Um, like I said, it wasn't wasn't bad but um I'm, I'm i'm again i'm really not sure who it's for mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah i'd be interested in, in yeah, I mean, finding well, out it sounds like it's sort of it. like a a what if the way that you explain it too where like things are there sooner or not and like it's slightly it's like an elseworlds version of buffy yeah it's just like <laughs> they, they they took the first episode of the show, moved it forward 20-some years, 25 mm-hmm. years, just updated things and changed things around a little bit. Yeah. Could and, be interesting. And, you know, and it was, you know, like you said, and, and, and I kind of thought the same thing, like, do I really want to yeah. do this again? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's and, a big investment. And, and, and I haven't even, I'm not even as invested as you guys are. Yeah. And I'm still thinking, like, I've, I've done this. I've, I've yeah. I've watched the show. I've I've read. I didn't read all the books, but I read a lot of the mm-hmm. books. You know, after they came out, a lot of the comics. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I guess they felt there was a need. Yeah. For, well, you to bring Buffy back. Well. Yeah. Always. <laughs> I mean, like I said, with all that TV show slash movie slash, I don't even know what they're talking about anymore. But Buffy's coming back. I guess. Yeah. I guess they're. <laughs> yeah, because they're supposed to be bringing rebooting the show or like so yeah like something and it's gonna be i mean obviously it's gonna be a whole new yeah Buffy, it's a whole new everything sort of but still within the same like the same universe, universe but it, maybe yeah it's very i don't know how you would do that though unless like and and what is that because because i thought the comics were supposed to be technically like seasons yeah they were technically seasons so, i mean it's easy enough to just brush those. Uh, yeah, it happens more often than I would like. Yeah. But yeah. Well, because they probably figure like, well, you know, all the, all of our television watching wouldn't. Public, yeah, they're not going to yeah, run out. Yeah, it's the same reason Phil Coulson doesn't show up in the movies, even though he's alive yeah. in Agents of Shield, because right. nobody knows. Yeah. Because nobody watches Agents of Shield, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched in a while. Oh yeah. So. Um, it's, it's, uh, and we'll talk about that later, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that one for another, another episode. Um, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I mean, if you're, if you're a fan of, of the property, you know, go out and get it if you haven't already. Um, it's, you know, 
if nothing else, it, it, it's a fine love letter, yeah, to the to the original material. Mm-hmm. You know, and and like I said, it's uh, the the art is gorgeous. It, um, Dan Moore, he's one of those good artists that he's able to um, take the likeness of. I saw a, that was the first thing I looked up because um, I remember you talking about Firefly being sort of like eh. yeah um, to see like if they looked like their actors and yeah yeah, yeah they he, he, I mean they they definitely like they're you know they can distinguish mm-hmm. between characters you know and that's good without yeah. without it looking like a uh, you know a screenshot yeah from you know a, a DVD or something like that mm-hmm. or whatever so nice. Yeah. So what else we got? Uh, well, let's talk about this since we both read it. Uh, Naomi. Oh yeah. Oh, what's what cover is that? You have a different cover than you I. You have a fancy variant cover, I guess. Cool. Who did that one? I could not tell you. Oh, you know what? I think I did see that in my digital edition, but I. But for some yeah, reason, like DC doesn't, they don't credit. Like, well, yeah, that, like I don't see a name on the cover. It might be on the inside, but I bet you it just tells you who the. They they never credit the uh, variant cover artists. So unless you actually have a good eye and can tell, yeah, they uh, who's yep. who. No, they just say uh, Jamal Campbell does the cover, and that's not. I mean, that's not the interior artwork. So it's a mystery variant artist. Actually, DC's been doing a lot of these um, variant covers too. Uh, like for all their new lineup books, I've been noticing because I think I picked up. Uh, yep, it's over there. Uh, one of the other books I picked up also had a variant. But yeah, so so Naomi is um, Bendis's sort of original DC creation, um, and I don't know. Have you been reading Superman as well, or yes. is that just Jared? Uh, no, I've been reading Superman and, and Action. Okay, so is she in that, or is this her first? official appearance no i think that's her first appearance okay is the events that happen in like the the fight the no. superman fight or is this i'm totally... pretty sure that's okay. just like a random like a random thing that happened yeah like oh here's superman fighting mongol for yeah 17 seconds in this uh in the somewhere in the pacific northwest okay good because i was like eh, i don't know if i need to like know anything beyond that but yeah the premise is just you know uh Superman shows up and has a throwdown with somebody in, you know, some podunk middle of nowhere. Um, and everybody's like, oh, geez, the whole big thing, this happened. It's like a big deal because it's the podunk middle of nowhere. Right. It's not New York City or Metropolis or Gotham. <laughs> um, and the uh, Naomi is uh, kind of like a, what, a superhero fangirl a super, or just a Superman fangirl, yeah, so to speak. It, I guess I- – I wasn't sure really what the uh, what the deal was, or if she was if she was that, or if she was just like, I'm so bored yeah. that this has piqued my interest, and now I can't stop thinking about it. Okay. Um, I, I never really got the. Um, well, actually, maybe maybe there is something more to that because she, there's a scene where she is talking to a therapist. Yeah. And oh I, yeah. I guess she feels like she relates to Superman. To Superman's story. Yeah. yeah. Because they're both. I guess apparently she's an orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't feel like she belongs or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. She, and then, yeah, there's hints throughout the book. Well, not not even hints, but 
that she feels that she has like some secret origin like she kind of it's like all in her head or maybe it's not and the book kind of explores that a little bit yeah um but i really liked it like it's uh it's what bendis does well is just making shit up (laughs) like I, i it felt very um I mean, like like Miles Morales when he just made him up and it was like, oh, boom, he just fits right in with my you know ultimate Spider-Man universe. Yeah, I mean, he's got a way of being able to like Jessica Jones, yeah. Miles Morales, and now Naomi. Um, yeah, he's got a he's got a way. Yeah, and I'm, and he's it's his strength really lies with like writing young adult characters. Um, I take any of his his you know young teen character books over. Mm-hmm. His, well, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, he, I, I don't know what his, you know, where that particular talent stems from, but um, what well, I know, I know he has a desire to write books for his kids. Like, I, and that might be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that isn't that where he, when he did Takio, yes. I think he did that for his kids. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, you're right. He's he's always had a, a his his teens and uh, characters have always had a um, felt a lot more real mm-hmm. than a lot of his adult characters. Well, yeah. I should say um, when he writes more than one adult character yeah. in a room, <laughs> you know, when he's when he's writing like you know an, an individual character, it sounds very authentic. Mm-hmm. When you get more than two of them together, then they all sound like the yeah, same they're the person. same person. Yeah. yeah, they're all making jokes and mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, I it's just really good. I mean, I'll definitely check out the second issue on it for sure. Yeah, the and, and the art was was just was amazing. I mean, it, yeah, it, it fit the book really good. Mm-hmm. It, it almost had. Um, um, I mean, a. I hope this artist can keep this up. Yeah. Because now after this first issue, I feel like we're all kind of like ruined. <laughs> yeah. But it, it almost has kind of like an animated feel to it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this 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 artist has a a background in animation or 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 what, but it's but the uh, why why read a I can't remember what else he's done off the top of my head now. And it's uh. Jamal Campbell is the yeah is the artist who I had never uh, never heard of, and uh, you know, and, and I guess it, to be fair, we should mention that he, Bendis is not writing this by himself. No, he's yeah. writing with uh, David F. Walker. Yeah, who's uh, quite a good writer in his own right. Yeah, you know, um, but you know that that's the other thing Bendis is, excels at is um, uh, just attracting. Uh, just great artists. Oh yeah, to his, for sure. To his work, and um, so yeah, this Jamal Campbell is just killing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I enjoy this too. Yeah, and I like it because it's it's something different that takes place in DC continuity that isn't a very obvious superhero book. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it's not like I mean, uh DC also doesn't really do like uh, oh, we made up a character, here you go kind of thing unless it's 
Unless it does take place in like Gotham or Metropolis. It's they used to do it more often in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these days it's like if it if it's not an already existing property, yeah, or if it doesn't already have like a movie or a TV show uh or a cartoon or mm-hmm. whatever, like yeah, they're not taking any chances. Yeah. Like, they're not um you know, they they kind of struck oil with like James Robinson's Starman. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else, but they, you know, that's probably like the best example. Um, or uh, Mark and Draco's uh, Manhunter. Manhunter, yeah. You know, that was really good. Um, so, but yeah, you're not finding a lot of that anymore. A lot of original. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and not only is this like an original character, but she's a, it's a teenager who at the end of the first issue does not put on a costume. Yeah. And she does not exhibit any superpowers or any super abilities. Yeah. There's just a mystery. Yeah, there's a mystery uh, in around it. her. Yeah. And what her you know, how she ties to the greater DC universe. Mm-hmm. And I mean the 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 regular cover itself it you know, it it kind of alludes to the fact that there's kind of this web. Yeah. Of, oh, yep, like you know, cuz she's like there's just it's like she's putting that together like, you know, pieces of a puzzle or something. Yeah, like the conspiracy theory board. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, it even says on the cover, the biggest new mystery in the DC universe begins here. Yeah, take that, Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's not It's not Heroes in Crisis. Um, oh, God, that book. I haven't even read. I didn't read the latest issue, but I, I can tell you that uh, you find out nothing. And you're still confused. I oh, calling geez. it now. Um, yeah, I haven't read. I think I think I read one through three, mm-hmm. and I think the third issue is like the last one that I talked okay. about on yeah. the show. Yeah, we but yeah, which was last year. Yep. Um, and I haven't read it since. Yeah, I'll yeah. Uh, I'll let you know. I read the fourth <laughs> issue. Nothing. Not a lot happened. Uh, not surprised. Yep. Um. I'm I'm really torn though because I do kind of want to read it because apparently, like, Ted Cord Blue Beetle comes back, sort of, or maybe uh, like, oh maybe yes in, in the newest no issue. no no he does yeah and that's like that's my guy like, yeah I'm that's like, a thing and you know the the whole Beetle and Booster team up yep. is always there's like, a lot of that going on yeah and so I'm really like I'm really torn yeah like I'm almost physically restraining myself from not buying. <laughs> those issues just to see mm-hmm. you know how this happens or yeah. to see them teaming up again because that was just you know one of the bright spots of yeah when i was reading um you know justice league back in the 80s mm-hmm. and uh you know and the, the the fact that they never did anything with those characters like outside of it like doing they were supposed to do like a blue and gold oh yeah like i remember hearing about that yeah you know, like a blue and gold like team up book or something and you know it's just a crime but yeah. they never did that. I don't know why they never did that. <laughs> so, anyway, we yeah. digress. Uh, Naomi, number one, from Bendis, Walker, and Campbell. Definitely check it out if you're a, if you're into, uh, you know, like the DCU mm-hmm. and good stories. Yeah. So, um, I guess the last book that... I forget. Did you say you talked about guard, or read Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I, I I saw some stuff from it. It sound, it looked good, but I kind of 
Um, but Bendis's Guardians uh, made me kind of feel like I did my time, <laughs> and then I just couldn't 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 pull the trigger on that. Yeah, I couldn't get into any more Guardians, unfortunately. Yeah, I um, I was a big fan of uh, you know the Abnett and Lanning Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just such a great run, and the the Bendis uh, era. I only read a few issues of that before I dropped off. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tried reading uh, just last – I think it was last year. Was the was that the Jerry, the Jerry, yeah. Jerry Duggan? And, mm-hmm. uh, where um, I think the first issue kicked off from like Free Comic Book Day or something. I read the first two or three issues of that. Couldn't get into it because it's just – you know the, at a certain point, like we said, they – they were only they were just doing the movie. Yeah, it was very much like this Guardians. is the if you like the movie, this is the Guardians book to yeah, read. And I just couldn't get into that. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel right for me. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, just not interested. Um so when I when I saw the cover of the this new Guardians, I was very fascinated. And then I saw that it was written by Donnie Cates. Yep. Who he created Cosmic Ghost Rider, yep. right? Yeah. And I read that miniseries and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and I see Cosmic Ghost Rider front and center. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> along with, um, you know, we've got Star Lord, so yep. Peter Quill, um, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Dark Hawk, yep. uh, Beta Ray Bill, Silver Surfer, Moon Dragon, Nova, Groot, Adam Warlock, um, Phyla, what's her name? Phyla Marvel or something. It's basically oh. Cap- Captain Marvel's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and um, Gladiator from the yep. uh, Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, spoilers, like not all of these people are on the team at once. Yeah. But there's this <laughs> huge gathering of these cosmic heroes in the very beginning gathered together by Star Fox. And um, I didn't read this. I I, I was reading the Thanos series because I heard it was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also written by Johnny yeah. Cates. Yep. And because that's where Cosmic Ghost Rider debuted. Yeah, that's yep. right. And I didn't finish reading it, but apparently at some point Thanos is dead. He's killed, or I, I don't know how he dies, but yeah, something. Yeah, basically some. I, I guess the why is not important, or, or I mean the how is not important, but basically in this first issue, his brother, Star Fox, gathers like literally every cosmic hero together and says, uh, my brother, the mad titan Thanos is dead, mm-hmm. and he left, basically he's like, he left a message, <laughs> and, and Thanos' message is, if you're hearing this, um, I've basically found a way to cheat death. Uh, this body is dead, but my my soul, my essence lives on. It's currently being housed in someone else, yeah, in somewhere in the universe. Have fun finding it. Okay. Or yeah. you know, come get like he's basically like saying, "Come at me, bro." Yeah, yeah. But he's you know he's he's given them the old middle finger, <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm not dead. Or I mean, I'm like you know. This body's dead, but I'm yeah. still around, you know. And so they decide, um, well, we've got to 
we've got to find him. And there's a lot more to it that um, that happens. Uh, the Black Order shows up okay, yep, at one point. Yep. And uh, uh, Peter Quill and Groot, are they're the only two uh, from the last Guardians run that are still together. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say, like, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened to the rest of... Uh, you know, Rocket, Drax, Gamora. Yeah, I, I assume something happened during Infinity Wars. Yeah. But apparently, like, I don't know, like, Gamora maybe is a bad guy now? She might be evil? I don't know. Ben just gave her some weird powers, and I don't know if she kept those through the Dugan run or not. But, yeah, she's all she's sort of been in, like, this weird place, so I'm not sure. The only thing that I have to say was I, I don't know where this came from, and I don't know... I definitely do not like it. Is um, Groot is like talking? You know, I heard about that. Yeah, um, don't like it. That's weird. Yeah, his looks also weird. He's got that mohawk thing. Yeah, right? he looks he looks very punk. Actually, like I, I like it. like his look is okay. I mean, it's different. Yeah, he's got yeah, like say he's got like spiky. It's like a spiky mohawk, mm-hmm. and he's got spikes on his shoulders and stuff like that. He's kind of. Um, yeah, but he's like he's literally talking, mm-hmm. he's, you know. And I'm, I'm like, don't like that. Yeah, that's well. I guess because Rocket's not there to translate, so they're like, well, yeah. And he needs someone to talk to. I yeah. guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I got to the end, and it, you know, the the team kind of, it, it, which. This feels right for any team called the Guardians of the Galaxy. They kind of just fall together. Yeah, okay. Like, yep. Like, they don't come together in any organized fashion. The team just kind of just happens. It's just whoever's around. Yeah. Yeah. The, the team just happens, and Star-Lord's like, this is my new crew. <laughs> and that's it, you know. So, I'm kind of in. Okay, you know, yeah. For for this. This was a lot of fun. I mean, Donnie Cates is a great writer. Like you said, uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, that book was... The laugh riot, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there were so many things in that book that I'm, I'm I'm like, this should not work. Yeah, but it does, and not <laughs> only does it work, but it works like in a spectacular fashion. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy number one definitely for me. It's a that it's it's a must must get. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Got anything else you want to um, talk about? Or let's see. Uh, I'm trying to decide here. I got two things. Let's uh, talk. We'll save that for later. I'm going to talk about um, female furies. Oh, okay. I it's, uh, I came close to picking that up, but then I saw it was only a five issue. Yeah, it's a five issue so mini thing. Um, I feel bad, but I I didn't just didn't feel like going in for only five issues. Yeah, no, it's um by let's see, uh, Cecil Castellucci and uh, Adriana Mello is the illustrator. Um, the 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 best way I can summarize this book is it's about sexism in the workplace <laughs> on Apocalypse. Oh wow! Um, it's and it's very on the nose. Um. Like it's there, it, it's it's granny goodness like 
you know, training the Furies and all this stuff, and then all the bullshit they get from Darkseid and um, his other, you know, flunkies, um, like the Sod and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll preface this with, with my knowledge of, of Apocalypse and all that is literally the Justice League cartoon and the Superman cartoon from the 90s. <laughs> I got nothing, nothing outside else. of that. Yeah. Um, they do do this awesome looking there's two different art styles there's the the main art style um and then the throwback jack kirby-ish art style that's for all the flashbacks yeah um yeah they do like it's just very old school looking um both in the the coloring and just the inking um so they bounce back and forth between the stuff that Granny Goodness had to do to try to prove herself as an equal for to Darkseid and the other members, um, and a lot of like sexual harassment that she endured, and uh, that you know she she ends up sleeping with Darkseid, uh, like he coerces her into sleeping with her because you must obey dark side and like <laughs> it's very like you know on the nose like whoa it's kind of creepy yeah it's it's and then then it trickles down from that to um her training all of her I mean, furies let's let, let's just back up to the point yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where like dark side's getting it on yeah well that, there's that yeah his yeah i don't even want to imagine dark side naked but yeah you know, here mean, we are I mean, yeah it's 2019 <laughs> i mean we already see like i mean if you've seen his face you have to imagine yeah, that the rest of his body kind of follows suit. Yeah. So does he have like this? Like, okay, let me get your opinion on this. <laughs> okay. Is is his skin? Do you think it's skin, or is it like like I mean, rock? Yeah, I mean, like not like it's not like the thing. Yeah, where it's like clearly rock, but is it like because it always looks cracked? Yeah, and kind of just like jagged. Yeah, no, it's. I've always understood them to not – it's not like our skin. Like it's maybe like some kind of – Like a thicker like – Like thick, scaly, like leather bag kind of thing. Yeah. So you just described yeah. his penis. Yeah, yeah. So it's thick, just – Thick, scaly leather bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's the scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> That's what your any goodness has to work yeah. with. Um, but yeah, so – yeah, that happens. Um, but it trickles down to her – No wonder uh, she's so miserable all the time. Exactly. <laughs> With her training the Furies to, um, you know, to to prove themselves, to get them integrated into the main army and not just the the, the lady squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of that where where you can see how all the years of being with Darkseid and trying to prove herself, um, she forces one of her subordinates to meet up with uh, some guy, one of the other guys. I don't remember which guy it was. Um, once like special training with like the most attractive member mm-hmm. and so she's sort of just you know throwing her under the bus in order to help them get all ahead so there's like this whole you know what other women do to other women in the workplace to uh, sacrifice to get, the, ahead. To get like, ahead like it, yeah it, so it's it's really interesting it's just not something you would uh, first it's not something i would expect from dc mm-hmm. this seems more like a, a marvel comics kind of idea hmm. um just because DC doesn't really seem to like do these kind of like like forward thinking forward thinking experimental like it, this yeah. is just weird and then it's sort of it's really dark in the ways that I'm describing but then also there's it's goofy 
at the same time because as they there was the second stage of them uh the first stage was look how great we fight here's some us training and then the second stage of proving themselves the dark side was like like a beauty pageant that all they all had to undergo so there's like a cook-off and a swimsuit contest and it was like <laughs> really ridiculous but, um who, who wrote it again uh it, it it is uh, Cecil Castellucci. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, and once again, yeah, I, I that also kind of threw me off because I kind of would have expected a woman to do a take. That she is a woman. Oh, it is a woman. Ah. Cecil, so I believe she wrote Plain Janes. Okay. With the, the remember the old, like, the, the, the Minx line that uh, the DC put out that Jim, Jim, oh. Rugg, Jim Rugg did the art on a couple of those books, those Janes books. He, they did the plain Janes and then Janes in Love. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that's – but, um, yeah, it, Cecil Castellucci is, is, a, okay. is a female. Yeah, see, Cecil, the, Cecil was throwing me off. I'm only familiar with Cecil's from uh, video games. <laughs> and uh, – Let's double-check that real quick. Into the Night Vale. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I, if I know any – Cecil's, um, yes, yeah, Cecil uh, Castellucci is uh, is a, in fact a woman. Okay, and make sure I got her. Okay, then I'm less surprised that because I, <laughs> I was like, this is like a really like I was like, should a guy be writing this? Like, yeah, she wrote, wouldn't you want uh, like a yeah? Oh, she, she wrote the the like like I said those Janes um those they were like original. Graphic novels mm-hmm. from the the Minx line of comics that DC was putting out, and then she also wrote uh, Shade, the Changing Girl. Oh, from okay. young, young Animal um, in 2016. All right, okay. I heard good things about that. Yeah, I never. I, I didn't get a lot of those Young Animal nah, books, the but only I heard one I did pretty was, good stuff. I read uh, maybe a half dozen issues of Mother Panic. Okay, which yeah, I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I yeah, Young Animal was one of those things that just kind of came and went. Yeah, as far as I was like, I, I really didn't, you know, I I think it suffered by from not really knowing what its identity was. Yeah, but I mean, it seemed like it had potential, but yeah, it just it was weird. You didn't. Who was it? Was it Gerard Way that was like spearheading that? Or it was like some. Oh, I think you're right. I think you might be right on that. It was definitely some because he did, it was, did it was, he do Doom Patrol right? It was uh, yes and yeah. It was developed with Gerard, yeah Gerard Way. Yeah, and he was the who wrote the Umbrella Academy. Uh, yep. So now to be a live action yes TV series. That's right on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So actually, so. Going back to Female Furious, now that yeah. I'm, I'm hearing more about it, I'm like, okay, now I'm a little more interested in yeah, it's, checking it out. It's it just sound, it sounds like it's, it's cool and fun and crazy and wacky. Yeah, it's and, cool, fun. Yeah, it's all those things. It's just not anything you would expect. Just okay. just the premise alone is absurd enough to mm-hmm. be like, oh, um, and it feels um, not that I, I I'm familiar with too much of Jack Kirby stuff, but it feels like jack kirby ish like it's that right amount of like, weird like but absurd but like poignant at the same time yeah like it it, it kind of feels like it's living up to you know you know who needs to read this and we have to get his opinion on it is uh sean 
Yeah, because Sean is all about Kirby and the fourth world and mm-hmm. all that weird Kirby-esque stuff. Yeah. So we have to uh, make we'll, him we'll read We'll corner it. him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll corner him. You hold his eyes open, yeah. and, and I'll we'll, make him we'll, read. I'll get the clockwork orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll make him read a comic from this decade. Yes. Yeah. And then also that Doctor Strange Essentials. Right. And, and then and that, after that, he'll, he'll, he'll wash it down with some Doctor Strange Essentials. That'll yeah. be his palate cleanser. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, I think uh, that probably about does it mm-hmm. for this episode of Comic Book Pit. Um, if uh, if you're interested in following us on all the social medias, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Comic Book Pit. Don't forget that's Pit with two T's. And uh, we're on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. So there's really no, uh, no excuse for not listening to, to the show. And you can always, um, you can always reach out to us at any of our social media sites and you can always, uh, email us at comicbookpit at gmail.com for any questions, suggestions, uh, bitches, gripes, whatever you got. Um, so yes, I think, write in and tell us what you think Darkseid's genitals look like. Please. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> scarier than the fire pits of Apocalypse, that one. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> this has been Comic Book Pit Episode 302. I'm Dan. And I'm Link. And we will see you next time. <laughs>